Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and it's going to come up on the screen. It says this, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Verse 23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Come on, church, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It is so, so important in life that we intentionally guard our heart. The Word of God tells us we need to do that because everything we do flows from our heart. And I want to focus today on one aspect of guarding our heart, which is keeping it soft, guarding against a hard heart. And my message today is about guarding against a hard heart. And why we want to do that is because a soft heart is an open invitation to the voice of God. A soft heart is an open invitation to the correction of God, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to the interruption of the call of God in the best way possible. A soft heart is a big thumbs up and a green light to the next that God has for you. Um, and a soft heart is a big green light and a thumbs up to be entrusted with more that God has for you. A soft heart is so important. Um, many years ago, in 2009, um, at, we had Influencers Conference. Was anyone there at Influencers 2009? Number of people. So it was a powerful conference we used to have in the state, and our church was a huge part of it. And in 2009, we had a guest pastor from America, a great man of God called Benny Perez. And Pastor Benny is really gifted and anointed in the area of prophecy, which means that he, he was anointed by God to really speak the will of God into people, over people. He'd get words of knowledge for people, which, mean, which would mean that God is highlighting things about a person, um, about their calling, and, uh, and he's giving that to Pastor Benny to encourage that person. And so prophetic ministry is very exciting, very powerful, and people get really jacked about it because often it is usually God speaking to your future. Often it's prophesying what's available to you in God. And so it can be very exciting. It can be, hey, God's going to use you to do X, Y, Z. And uh, usually it's not a surprise to you. It's something that God's been speaking to you about already. And the prophecy is a confirmation. So people get very emotional. And I remember Pastor Benny prophesying over people and people are crying because uh, they can't believe how accurate this is. And it's speaking to their heart and their soul. And people are getting these amazing prophetic words about nations and ministries and amazing stuff that God's going to do. And on one of the nights, um, Pastor Benny asked for me and my two older brothers to come up on the stage to get a prophetic word. So I was kind of like, ooh, what's he going to say? What am, maybe he's going to tell me a country. Maybe he's going to tell me that I'm going to be a, a famous person. Or maybe he's going to tell me that I'm going to be the greatest drummer that ever lived. Or maybe he's going to tell me who my wife is. Um, I was excited for that. I was like, ooh, so I'm going up the stairs and I'm excited for that. And I remember Pastor Benny began to prophesy over my older brother, Sean. And he's speaking about his leadership and the creativity on his life and the breakthrough anointing within Sean and declaring these amazing things. And Sean's just being ministered to by God. And I'm kind of like, that's awesome. I wonder what he's going to say about me. So I'm like, ready. 
So I love that about Sean, but what's he going to say about me? And then Pastor Benny began to prophesy over Nathan, and he's saying, Nathan, that one of the greatest gifts you have is your mind, and God's going to use you in, in, the, in the marketplace and in leadership to influence people of great influence for God. And so Nathan's being ministered to, and I'm like, that's awesome, but what's he going to say about me? And so I'm excited for what he's going to say. And I'm thinking, man, he's going to give me years. He's going to give me dates. He's going to give me details. I'm ready for it. And I was ready for my big moment. Pastor Benny gets to me, and he goes, Jordan, you've got a soft heart. Don't lose that. And so I'm like... And I was kind of doing like a... So is this one of those things you put more money in and they keep going? Like I was... And that was it. That's all he said. And so I was kind of like, anything? Anything else? But you know what was amazing though is that as he said that, um, the power of God just hit me. The, the power of God, the, the Holy Spirit just fell on me in a powerful way. And it's one of, the, one of the, the key times I've really just been under the anointing of God. And I was already speaking in tongues at that time, but it was just like something broke open over my life and I felt like I was on fire in a good way. I didn't run out of the building, but like, I felt like I was on fire under the anointing of God. And it really did um, symbolically light a fire in me um, for God, for people, for the call of God. It, it broke something over my life and um, I got absolutely cooked by the Holy Ghost. Um, some would say spangled. I was spangled by the touch of God and um, I was never the same. I was never the same. And the, and the funny thing was, was the next day, um, once I was feeling back to my normal self and you're processing what's just happened, I was sitting there over a bowl of cereal thinking, what do I do with that word? What do I do with that prophetic word? What was that about? And my mum, who is very wise, um, said, Jordan, I think what God is highlighting to you is that all of your future, all of what God wants to do through your life is tied to you keeping your heart soft. And so if I would continue to do that, if I would focus on keeping my heart soft, that God would unfold all that he had for me in my life. And so what's true for me, it was true then, it's true today for me, is that a lot of my purpose and my future is tied to how soft can I keep my heart. But I want you to know that that is true for all believers. It's true for all people, that your purpose and your future, what God has for you in your life, a, a huge portion of that will be tied to how soft you can keep your heart. Life has the ability to soften your heart like anything else, but life also has the ability to harden your heart like nothing else. And for those of us that have seen that old El Paso ad where they've got the hard tacos and the soft tacos and the little kid says, why can't we have both? You know what? In your life, you can't have both. You can't have a hard heart or a soft heart. You have one or the other and you get to decide which one you cultivate and work on. And it, it's not about having a soft heart on Sunday and then a hard heart Monday through Saturday. You've either got a hard one or a soft one. And you've got to decide, am I going to approach God for him to soften it or am I going to continue in my ways and allow the world to harden it? Ezekiel 11:19 says this. It says, this is God speaking. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26 repeats this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The Word of God, they're speaking of a, a symbolic heart transplant where a heart of stone is exchanged for a heart of flesh, something hard to something soft, something which doesn't feel to something that does feel, something that's rigid to something moldable, something stubborn and inflexible to something flexible and workable. 
God wants in your life to give you a new heart, place in you a heart of flesh, a soft heart, and take away that heart of stone. Why he does that is that a hard heart is dangerous, and a soft heart is a blessing. So I've got four points to look at that, and uh, they're going to come up on the screen to help us, but point number one is this, a hard heart causes us to doubt, a soft heart produces faith. This is why it's so important we work against a hard heart and, and go after having a soft heart, because a hard heart causes us to doubt, a soft heart produces faith. A hard heart causes doubt in God's capability. A hard heart causes us to doubt that what God's done before, that He can do it again. Many of us would know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Happens in Mark chapter 6. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with only five loaves and two fish. He performs an incredible miracle, and uh, all the disciples are there to witness it. There's not enough food for the people, five loaves, two fish. Jesus performs a miracle, multiplies it, and feeds 5,000 people. You know, two chapters later, it happens again with 4,000 people. There's 4,000 people, this time only seven loaves and a few fish, and again, Jesus performs an amazing miracle in front of the disciples, multiplies it, and feeds everybody. Then, a chapter later, let's read what happens in Mark 8, 14, it says this, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Verse 18, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Just to paint the picture, these disciples have witnessed Jesus feed 5,000 people with five loaves. Then they've witnessed him feed 4,000 people with seven loaves. Now they're in a boat with one loaf and there's 13 people to feed and they're saying, we've got no bread. So hold on guys, you've seen him multiply bread for 5,000 and 4,000. Now there's 13 of you and you're saying you have no bread? And Jesus' reply is, are your hearts hardened? In response to their disbelief, in response to their lack of faith, in response to even them forgetting what he's capable of, he credits it to what? A hard heart. Jesus hears doubt and asks, are your hearts hardened? Church, they are connected. A lack of faith and a hard heart go together. A soft heart and faith go together. A hard heart will create in you a lack of faith to believe for what God has done before. Things that he has done where he set a precedent that he's capable of doing it, a hard heart will cause us to go, oh, can he? Could he? Where a soft heart says, yes, he can, because he's done it before. A hard heart dulls a person's ability to perceive and understand that everything is under God's sovereignty. When your heart is soft, you are aware and you can see that everything is under the sovereignty of God. A hard heart creates a numbness to the impossible and to the supernatural. A soft heart expects and is excited about the impossible and the supernatural. A hard heart can shut us off to great belief. 
Perhaps because of the hardness in the disciples' hearts, they hadn't even fully received what Jesus was capable of, even though they had seen it before. I want to encourage this church, what is it in your life that you're believing for that God has done before? What is there a precedent for in terms of God doing the supernatural that you need to again believe for in your own life in this season? You'll notice you have a hard heart when you have a tough time believing for things that God is capable of. When you have one loaf in Jesus, you need to know it's enough. A soft heart sees a little, sees Jesus, and believes for a miracle. A hard heart sees a little, sees Jesus, and doesn't think it's possible. A soft heart sees a little, sees Jesus, and believes for a miracle. Can I encourage this church, let's go from a could he to a he can, because he has. And that sort of thinking comes with a soft heart, a hard heart lacks faith, a soft heart has faith. Come on. Point number two, a hard heart causes cracks, a soft heart perseveres. James chapter one, verse two says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on, Jesus wants to test our faith. He wants the testing of our faith to produce in us perseverance, that we would be believers that persevere through the the good times and the bad times. Look, Jesus was tested in the wilderness. He was tested by the enemy, yet he persevered, which meant that when he was in the garden and was being crushed, he persevered so that he could be in the will of God. Paul was, was tested. The Apostle Paul, he was persecuted, he was whipped, he was beaten, he was jailed, yet he persevered and he lived the purpose of God in his life. If we persevere, we can truly experience all that God has purpose for us. But a hard heart can't absorb the hits. A, a hard heart can't persevere through the trials. But a soft heart is durable and a soft heart withstands the challenges. Um, I'm a drummer and I love drums and I'm a bit of a gear nerd as well. So I, I, I love everything about drum equipment and I know a lot about it. I know the, uh, the metal alloy makeup of a, of a good cymbal and uh, I know all the weird stuff. But when I was younger, I didn't understand about cymbals, right? And in my head, I thought the thicker a cymbal is, the longer it will last. And so I bought a cymbal when I was in like grade seven and I bought this rock cymbal that was like so thick. It was like a small book. And when you hit it, it was just like super loud, which you love when you're a kid, right? You're like, that one's loud. I'll get that one. Um, and so got that one thinking that it would last long. But after a few good hits, you know what happens to a hard cymbal? It tries to fight the hit and eventually cracks. And I couldn't understand how the, the thick cymbals that I, would get, that I was getting and playing at youth were just cracking all the time. Until one day I bought a jazz cymbal, which was so thin that when you hit it, it was like butter. And you could almost bend it and touch the two sides together. You know that cymbal lasted me longer than any other one that I had. And it's because a hard cymbal can't take the hits because it tries to fight it. Whereas a soft hit hit absorbs the hit and lets it run its course. I'll show you a quick video. This is a cymbal being hit at a thousand frames a second. Let's have a look.
very cool, very cool. Who thinks that's pretty cool? I reckon that's pretty cool. Well, guys, we need to be like a soft buttery symbol where we are malleable, we are flexible, we're able to be hammered or pressed without breaking, without cracking. Here's what cracking is. Cracking, and when we're looking at this scripture about persevering, cracking is giving up, not persevering anymore. I'm, I'm done with faith. I'm done with God. I'm done with church. I'm done with that friend. As the pressure comes, as the testing of our faith comes, we just go, I'm done. I'm done with that relationship. I'm done with doing ushering in the 10 a.m. I'm done with 8 a.m. crash. Um, we, we just stop persevering. Yet during the testing of our faith, if we keep a soft heart, as the hit comes, we're able to absorb it and let it grow us, not break us. Being able to take the hits, being hammered and pressed is essential to growth. One, one thought that people can have is that a soft heart makes you more vulnerable or susceptible. However, it, it's actually what helps you absorb and, and navigate the challenges of life. There is strength in softness. Having a soft heart will impact how you process disappointment and hurt. I wonder if a lot of the lack of resilience in people today is because the culture has hardened our hearts so much that as soon as we are challenged or tested, we crack. We need to be like a beautiful, hand-hammered B20 bronze ride symbol made in Turkey that when we are hit, we are like butter, being able to absorb it, being able to be hammered and pressed yet not crack, but we will persevere. But if we have a hard heart, we will crack church. All right, point number three. A hard heart is not easily changed. A soft heart is moldable. A hard heart is not easily changed. A soft heart is moldable. You know, the Bible puts it like this. It talks about uh, you and I being like a piece of clay in the hands of a master potter, that God is wanting to form us into something that he has called us to be. Like a piece of clay full of potential are we. We are able to be formed into what God has called us to be. Uh, and to be able to, to fulfill the purpose God has put us on the planet for. But we need to be like a good piece of clay, or in this case, a bit of Play-Doh. We need to be like a good piece of Play-Doh. We need to be soft. We need to be able to be changed. And, and one way that we change, which I want to touch on, is that we change when we listen. We change when we listen. When we listen to God, when we listen to good people, when we listen to godly counsel, I'm making the assumption here that it's listening to good people, not just Jeff, Jeff from Monday Night Darts, but listening to good people, listening to godly people. If we would listen to God and listen to good people, we will change into the person that God has called us to be. In, in the book of Exodus, there's the story of Moses and Pharaoh, and Moses going to Pharaoh to ask him to free the Israelite people. And the Word of God tells us that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And um, I'm not going to unpack that this morning. That's for Pastor Liam to do another time. But what we see in Scripture is that when, when Pharaoh's heart was hardened in Scripture, five times it's immediately followed by this line. Let's have a look. Exodus 7 verse 13. Pharaoh's heart was hardened that he would not listen. Verse 22. Pharaoh's heart was hardened that he would not listen. Chapter 8, Pharaoh's heart was hardened so that he would not listen. Verse 15 and 19, so that he would not listen. Chapter 9, verse 12, Pharaoh's heart was hardened so that he would not listen. A hard heart is not easily changed because a hard heart does not listen. It does not listen to anybody. A hard heart doesn't listen to input from loving friends, doesn't listen to input from loving leaders, and they don't listen to God. 
We've got to pray that God would help us be someone who listens, who listens to the voice of God, listens to others. Don't be someone who fights off input, that if someone brings some input into your life, that you, I want us to truly listen. Listen to our team. If you're, at, if you're at work and you're within a team, listening to your team. If you're at church, listening to your team, listening to your spouse, listening to messages, not for Craig on the end of the row, but listening to messages for you listening to God, listening to construction. We need to keep our hearts soft so that we would listen to others. Um, this coconut here, coconuts are awesome. And, and like a piece of Play-Doh, full of potential, full of potential. A coconut has the potential to um, give us uh, coconut water. Come on, Coco Bella, chock, beautiful. Oil, milk, butter, um, there's so many things you can do with a coconut, yet the coconut's hard to get into, um, especially if it's before this part of the journey where it's got an even bigger shell around it and someone's got to get up a tree. And uh, me and Bianca on our honeymoon had, had a man um, get a, a coconut for us and cut it with a machete and it was hardcore and it was dangerous and it was pretty wild. And then once you get to this stage, there's actually another two layers to get through and then you've got the great flesh and the stuff inside that you can enjoy. Listen, we can be like a coconut where we are full of great things, full of potential that God's placed in there to help the world, to bring sustenance, yet we can make it incredibly difficult for God to get in there. We can make it incredibly difficult for good godly leaders to get in there to draw the greatness out. Often we think people are trying to take something from us when in fact they're trying to release something in you to the world. God's placed greatness in you. What happens is if we have a hard heart, we begin to have a hard exterior where we're cold, where our countenance is, don't talk to me, where our countenance is, I'm not listening. And what happens is all that goodness that's inside there stays a whole lot longer because we've chosen to be a coconut. Can I encourage you? Be more like that kiwi fruit that's been in that kid's bag for nine months where no one's even touching it and the goodness is coming out. It's just oozing out. It's bubbling over. Don't be a coconut where you have to make people work so hard to get great things out of you. Man, there's people that come through church and, and I know there's a community of people around them encouraging them, spurring them on. Hey, man, step out in faith. Try this. Do this, team. You can do it. And people are like, nope, 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 nope. And then, and then they're like, well, I'm not being used by God. It's like, mate, you've had 19 people trying to open a coconut. Just be the nine-month-old kiwi fruit. Come on. Any kiwi fruits in the house? Just let the goodness come out. So good. <laughs> we were going to use a durian, but it was 50 bucks. Did you know that? <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I didn't want the front row to pass out. I didn't want the eldership to just be out cold. <laughs> and then it'd be, how was Geordie's message? Man, it stunk. Like, literally, it stunk. Um, all right, point number four. A hard heart is not easily moved. A soft heart is moved with compassion. A hard heart is not easily moved. What does that look like when you see injustice or brokenness or need and you're not phased by it? Man, it's a concern of mine for this generation because a lot, of, a lot of young people see needs around the world and they're just unmoved by it. And a lot of it is they're desensitized by it um, and all that's on the media and all that's happening. But what, what begins to happen is we're not moved by anything. And you know, we see injustice, we see brokenness, we know there's need right in our neighborhood and then we're not moved by it. The greatest concern is when we're no longer moved by people that don't know the Lord. 
This is where the devil gets a great foothold in the lives of Christians when we're not moved by people that don't know the Lord. And I need to encourage you, have a soft heart that is moved with compassion for those that don't know Jesus yet. You know, five times in Scripture, we read the line, Jesus moved with compassion, did five times. And after each time, he performed a great miracle. One where a boy was raised from the dead. Um, he, when he was moved with compassion, he fed the 5,000. There's five times where Jesus was moved with compassion. And here's what happened. A moved heart resulted in action. A moved heart moves your body and you actually go and do something. Um, compassion without action is just sympathy. And uh, we're called to do something about the things that we see. Our heart needs to be more like Jesus. It needs to be movable, needs to be moved with compassion. We need to engage our heart with what we see. And sometimes engaging our heart hurts, especially when you, you pay a cost and you invest into something and then maybe it doesn't work out. What we can do is we can stop engaging our heart with things for fear of being hurt again. But can I encourage you, as Christian, Christians certainly, serving others and investing your heart and being hurt and being used, that's what it looks like to be used by God. Um, and my dad always jokes about that when people say, man, God's using me and I feel used. He's like, it's because you're being used by God. And we've got to be reminded that we've got to engage our heart, even if it hurts, that's what being effective looks like. It's vulnerable, but effective. Let's not be people who, out of fear of having our heart hurt, don't use it anymore. Can I encourage you, use your heart. It's so, so important. Okay, so how do we keep a soft heart? Well, that scripture from Ezekiel we read earlier talks about God saying, I will place in them a heart of flesh and take from them their heart of stone. It says, I will give them a new heart. We see that it's God that performs the heart transplant. But we have a big part to play in that. We need to position ourselves before God for Him to do that. We need to receive that from God. We need to, here's point number one, allow your heart to be touched. Allow your heart to be touched. So I just got three points on how to keep a soft heart. Allow it to be touched by God. Anyone that knows Play-Doh well um, would know that it will start to harden up and be unusable if you leave it out untouched for long periods of time. But if you let 93 four-year-olds play with it, it will stay soft. <laughs> it will stay soft. But listen, your heart is like a piece of Play-Doh. You need to allow God to touch it. You need to position yourself to allow God to touch it, to allow Him to put things on it, to awaken your heart for certain things. But you've got to position yourself for it to be touched. You need to allow your heart to be touched by God. Our heart can be touched by God in prayer. Our heart can be touched by God in worship. Our heart can be touched by God each time we open the Scripture. Our heart can be touched by God as we serve others in God's house. But you've got to position yourself for your heart to be touched by God. Your heart can be touched by godly leaders and the people of God in your life. As you hear testimonies, God can touch your heart. Position yourself in a connect group where you're navigating faith with real people and your heart can be touched by God that way. You know, it's so important for people that have been Christians for a long time to not get caught up in the world of hypothetical. Hypothetical lost people, hypothetical people needing a miracle. We need to hang out with real people. Um, as a pastor, it's so important for me to regularly do a, a hospital visit or pick up a 14-year-old from school and talk to them about life and allow that to touch my heart because it keeps it soft. What can happen is Christians, we don't know any unsaved people and it's like, hey, bring someone that needs to hear the gospel. Oh, yeah, someone might need to hear the gospel. Man, we need to have a moved heart that's touched by God that goes, man, that, that hurts my heart that that person doesn't know the Lord. My heart aches for that family. We need to have that, and it won't happen if we're not allowing God to touch our heart. We need to have a soft heart. Number two, 
Um, something that'll keep your heart soft is building intimacy with God, developing that personal relationship with God, having that space, having that place, having that time where you meet with God for you, where it's not about Craig at the end of the row. It's about what is God saying to me? You know, um, anyone that does a bit of cooking or a bit of cleaning up would know that you often have those pans that get so sourced up or so dirty that together you kind of make a decision, that's a soak overnight one. Pop it in the sink, leave it overnight. And I certainly do that when it's saying I don't want to clean at the time. So it might be, that's a soaker. And it's like, George, that's a cup of OJ. And up, soak it because I don't want to clean it then. But what you'll find is some of the hardest stains, some of the hardest stains, if you leave it overnight in water, it will begin to soften and make it a lot easier to clean. You know, when we build intimacy with God and create that space to meet with Him through prayer and praise and worship, it's like soaking in the presence of God, which will soften the hardest of hearts, which will soften those hard areas of your life, even if it's built up over time, even like satay cooked in the oven, even if it's been caked in there for so long, soaking it long enough will soften it enough for God to clean it up. We need to position ourselves to build intimacy with the Lord and allow Him to soften our hearts. And can I encourage this church, in your time with God, be careful not just to feed your intellect, but to feed your heart. Don't be going through the scriptures looking for how you can debunk someone's theory on life. Get into the scriptures for your heart and your walk with the Lord. Your soft heart will speak more than any tweet you can do about the goodness of Jesus. It's a, it's a slight rant, but be careful to try and um, push the, uh, the importance of godly beliefs and doing it with a hard heart because what you'll begin to do is you'll begin to hurt people than rather help them. You'll, you'll seek to humiliate others than rather help them and it rarely points people to Jesus. It points people to um, Judeo-Christian values, which is fantastic, but we've got to point them to the heart of God, do it with a soft heart with the intent that they get saved, not feel belittled. End of rant. If the band would like to come, that'd be great. My last point on keeping a soft heart, let me encourage you, cultivate humility. Cultivate humility, so important. What does that mean? It means not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Don't be self-focused. Think about others. Um, Pastor Steve Kelly always does this funny bit about humility. When people are struggling um, with their humility and they say, that's enough about me. Tell, tell me what your favorite thing about me is. And it's just everything's about me, everything's about me, every situation's about me. And uh, it's exhausting for the person that has pride, but it's exhausting for everyone around them. I want to encourage you, if you cultivate humility in your life, it'll help you with a soft heart. How do we do that? Get back to that absolute need for God. Remind yourself regularly of your need for God. Nothing you have has come from your own works. It comes from God. Um, your salvation has come as a gift. You're not the man. God's the man. We just receive from Him. We need to get back to our absolute need for God. And here's what's a challenge with that, is that my heart often hardens in success. Because I think, man, I did this. I did a good job. I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. And I can forget my absolute need every day for God and God's grace. Cultivate humility. Get back to that absolute need for God. And it will help you in your fight and your guarding against a hard heart. All right, let me just summarize, church. Then we're going to worship together. Point number one is this. A hard heart causes us to doubt. A soft heart produces faith. A hard heart causes cracks. A soft heart perseveres. A hard heart's not easily changed, but a soft heart is moldable. A hard heart's not easily moved, yet a soft heart is moved with compassion. Church, can I encourage you? Allow God to touch your heart. 
cultivate humility and position yourself to build intimacy with God. He wants to know you on a personal level. He wants to help you. He wants to be in your situations. He wants to give you joy, peace, strength, and grace through all seasons of life. And he wants to be your friend. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.